Good evening. It's always good to <clears throat> excuse me. It's always good to see the very full house on Wednesday nights. Um, I'm sure a lot of us thought about the opening this morning throughout the day. I sure did. <clears throat> it was very life-giving, huh? I was thinking uh, <clears throat> this afternoon, very familiar psalm. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. As Rebecca was saying this morning when we... Um, when our response to feeling like we're in a place where we're stuck, when our response is to <clears throat> give thanks to the Lord, when our response is to praise the one who's worthy to be praised, uh, we're released from the places of our bondage. We're released. We're saved from our enemies. Um, there's a way forward, and that's a <clears throat> that's a wonderful promise. Yeah. And um, and the great thing is that anyone can do that. Anyone can say, fill my heart with thanks today, Lord. Fill my heart with praise for you and your work in this situation. Anyone can do that, any one of us. And um, anyway, it was very life-giving. Thank you. All right, let's gather and worship.
phone, I guess. Appreciate it when uh, the Lord shows up and worship. Willing and willing and, and uh, 
can recognize the voice when he's speaking to me in the middle of a situation. Um, look over at Philippians chapter 3 for a minute. Um, let's jump into the middle of this here. In verse 12, it says, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Jesus Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. And I think that is key to us of not being stuck in the past and being stuck in a denomination, being stuck in the, the white stone or the whatever program or place that you feel like you've been stuck in. I forgetting those things that are behind. I press forward to the mark of the high calling of God. And I was, I was, uh, you know, came up a couple times in convention that the scripture in Hebrews 6 there where it says, you know, leaving the, the principles of the doctrine of Jesus Christ, I, I, I press on, I, I let, let us go on to perfection. And I remember my dad years ago did a study on that Hebrews, and it was, it was very good. It just, you know, we can't, we can't rely on what God said yesterday. What God even told me today is going to get me through today, but it might not necessarily get me through tomorrow. It's, I got I to gotta remember that I can't be stuck in the place that I am, and I have to move forward. There's so many examples in the scripture of looking back and, and, and not, not recognizing that the need to go forward. And I was, it was really uh, it was good the other night in our, our having these discussions about youth camp, and it came up along these lines of, you know, grace and the grace to move forward and the grace to not be stuck in the places where I've been. And it's, it's, it was great because it was really along the lines of what I've been thinking about. So it was, uh, it's nice when you feel like God is speaking the same thing with a few people. It's great. I think, um, you know, a lot of, when you, when you think about Abraham, you know, it's a, a good example that's gone on a few times here too, is that when he, when he left everything he knew, and went out, says, you know, he left all his, his family is what was familiar and went out to a land that I'm going to show you. Pretty big step. Without knowing, without any security, without, you know, he dragged his flocks and herds and whatever he had with them. But to go, to just, to step out in faith and follow God, that's a big thing. Um, I think, uh, an example I heard, some of you might have seen this, but, uh, well, just talk about this first. The children of Israel did the same thing. When, when you know, they went out of Egypt, and God was calling them out. You know, they've been in slavery for a long time, and God called them out in a different way. And you know, it was all great when they were getting delivered. But when you hit the when you hit the the roadblocks and the Red Sea and the not having food and the, the real issues that affect you and your family. And they wanted, they were, they wanted, they, they even said, you know, man, I miss the leeks and the garlics and all the security I had back in my slavery, my bondage. I miss all that stuff. Oh, that we could just go back there and forget all this. Forget the hardship I'm going through. I just want to go back there. And all the time, God is trying to take him into a new country. Something that's new, something fresh that's flowing with milk and honey. But we can, we can lose sight of that if we're, if, if we're not willing to pick our face up out of the trial that I'm in right now and say, he's well able to deliver me. He's well able to give me the strength to, to, to push through whatever I'm 
what I'm facing right now. And if we don't do that, we're going to be stuck in yesterday. And that's a danger. We, we become a denomination. We become set in our ways. And it's just like, you know, things are going to always be like they were. And it's just not the case. You might have seen this um, last fall. It was on, it was on, the, on the news. And, um, but there's this, uh, this bird that spends the summers in the, in the southwestern Alaska, the, the, uh, the Delta, the Yukon Delta. It's called a bar-tailed godwit. Yep. Oh, Amanda's probably heard of that, right? Yes, I am. All right. <laughs> so this bird is about, um, it averages about one pound. It's like, you see the little, the little uh, lesser yellow legs that run around here? They got this yeah. little tiny bird with a big, long beak, and they got these long legs on them, and they kind of walk around the swamps and stuff. Yeah. Well, this is kind of like a bigger version of that bird. So it weighs about a pound, and the pictures I've seen, it's about the size of like a, maybe a duck or a grouse, but it's really, it's about the same size as that little yellow, like big long beak and really sleek shape. But these birds, they nest and they summer on, on the Yukon Delta out there on the, near, on the Gulf of Alaska. And every year, they make a migration to New Zealand. So these, bird, these birds are shore birds, and they, they don't swim. They, they run around on the shore in, in the grassland. They make this migration, and, and this year they, 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 uh, they set a record. This one bird, they, they've tagged these birds, and they, it's, it's pretty cool. They put a little, a little uh, uh, solar panel right above their rump that powers this transmitter so they can track them around. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. So. These birds, if you if you look on a map, the Alaska's up here. They're on a globe. You can't you know, it's not on a flat map, you don't see it on a globe. New Zealand's down here. Completely open water the whole way. As soon as, as soon as they leave, they're in the open ocean. They could stop off in Hawaii if things got tough, I suppose. <laughs> but it's 8,500 miles that this bird flies. It takes them a little over 10 days, this record that was set. So if you figure about that, there it's about 35 miles an hour average for 10 days. Check my math on that. But I think it's about right. But you can imagine this little one-pound bird, 8,500 miles. And the cool thing is, in, in New Zealand, they had this. They they it's a big celebration when these birds <coughs> arrive there to, for the for the winter, our winter, their summer. But they used to have this this old church that they ring the bell, and it was a big thing when these birds started showing up. But uh, these birds can't swim. They don't <coughs> eat or drink for 8,500 miles. It's like 10 days of continual flapping, you know? Now, what about one of us? I mean, forget holding your, we're not built for that. But just even going walking, we're built to walk. How long can you walk with no food or drink, just no rest? If you rest, you die. I mean, they, supposedly they sleep for a few seconds at a time. But you talk about... A journey of faith. You know, if they don't start out on that, and trust, I mean, obviously it's built into their, I mean, even that's incredible. Just the, it's built into them. That they do this twice a year. They go down there and then they got to come back to lay their eggs and stuff. But, but just the, 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 the picture that that is of striking out over this open ocean. They know where they're going. I suppose they navigate by something. But they spend the summer 
getting fat and they're, 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 they put on the fat they need and they, their, their organs, somehow they slow down to, to sustain them on this long journey. I don't know. I don't know how many cycles they do back and forth. It's just, it's incredible. But if you think of that, God is, the journey he's put us on, we don't know where we're going. We don't know where the length, safe landing spots are going to be. We don't know how he's going to sustain us on the way. But he said he's well able to get us where we're going. And we have to put our trust and put our confidence in that. that he's not going to leave us. He's not going to, to just drop us off somewhere and leave us alone. But he's going to sustain us. And he's going to nurture us along the way. But we just, we so much have to be aware in every situation we come into contact with. Be aware to, to cultivate our, 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 our ear to hear his voice. Because that's where the sustenance is going to come from day by day. Um, I want to look over in, uh, I think this is Mark 12. I left my notes at home. So I'm kind of... Story of the rich young ruler, isn't it? March 12th. Well, we, we know the story. We know the story. So we're just going to talk about it, okay? We'll just have to trust you. We'll find it. Mark 10. Okay. Still navigating through the Bible. It takes, you, it takes you a minute to figure out. <coughs> Mark 10, this is verse 17. We're talking about not being satisfied with what we've known, what we've, what we've has always sustained us and what's always gotten us through in the past. Verse 17 says, Now as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Jesus said, why do you call me good? No one's good. There, there's no one but good but God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. And, you know, I'm not sure he was really bragging here. He was just kind of stating the fact. He seemed like a pretty, seemed like a pretty good dude. He had everything together. He kept the law. He'd done well with what he'd been given. He was rich. He'd you know, invested his talents that the Lord had given him. He'd been faithful to the commandments. He had a, probably had a family. He was a ruler. He had people he was responsible for. But Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come take up your cross and follow me. Now, I think, you know, the easy thing is to say is to just think about, you know, going and selling all those great possessions and come and follow me. But I was looking at this kind of in a different way. Where it says, go sell all you have. Get rid of all that stuff that's got you this far. 
You know, that's not just your possessions, not just your good deeds. It's all that, you know, faithful to the law. I've done what I thought I needed to do. I've followed the law. I've shown up. I've done my job. I've done all this stuff. You know, throw all that stuff in the garbage can. Forsake all that stuff that you've known in the past. God is taking you on. Sell all that you have. All your myths, all my conceptions about what God's looking for, about what makes me holy, what makes me right, what my own filthy righteousness, it's just like filthy rags. Forget all that. You know, it's got me this far, but, but I want to go on. I'm looking for a new country. I don't know what that new country looks like. I don't know what vast ocean he's going to call, call me to cross and just trust that he's going to sustain me on the way. But I think that's part of what selling all you have. It says, you know, it says right here, he kept the law, he did all this stuff. He says, sell all that you have. Get rid of it. Think about it a different way. Come and follow me. Take up your cross every day. Hear my voice every day. And I'm going to show you the way to go. Kind of a new way to look at that. Because, you know, so many times we can, and I, I love our times of, Rehearsing and reminiscing about what God has brought us through and the, the ways He's provided for us and sustained us—that's all great, and it's 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 important to do that to to see you know Israel set up landmarks along the way. They had this pile of rocks. You know, let's not forget the way that the Lord has provided for us. But that's we can't live there. We've got to come to the place where we're not satisfied with the bread of yesterday with the things that got me through last week or last month or what's brought me safe thus far because we're going on. We're looking for something, a new country, something that's beyond what we see right now. And, you know, that's, it, it's hard to do in the middle of a situation. When, you know, it's, it's like, it is your reference point where you've been. You know, I've always, I've always kind of, Wonder that the scriptures that talk about here's you hear the voice behind you saying this is the way walk you in it. Why isn't that voice falling? Why isn't that voice out front of me telling telling me where to go? And but I think that voice behind us is it's built on our past experience. You know we've seen God meet us in the past. We've seen how He's been faithful to us in the past. And that voice is saying yes, you're on the way. You have to keep going. Mm -hmm. And I think you know sometimes I wish that we had a, a clear vision of what God's going to do. And, you know there's We've talked about, man, why can't we? We used to preach so strongly about, you know, the third feast and the first fruit company and ruling and reigning and all that. But it's like, why can't we have a, why can't we have a, a, a clear roadmap? Why doesn't somebody give us a direction of what we're doing out here and where we're going? But, you know, it almost would be counterintuitive to what we're preaching about. Because we say we don't know where we're going. We're, we're kind of... We're striking out into something that we don't know about. If we had a clearly laid out roadmap, exactly. you know, it might take some of the faith out of it. And right. Some of the hearing, the, the, the tuning our hearing to, to hearing what God wants us to do. And even, you know, even the safety of our past, you know, there's been a lot of talk about change and <clears throat> moving on and, you know, walking it out and all the different stuff that we talk about. But, I mean, everything's changing around here. And so, it's so it's sometimes it can be so secure and so uh, settling to just say, oh, this is the way we've always done it. And so let's keep doing it that way. Well, it doesn't seem like that's the case. It seems like God is changing everything. 
And if I compartmentalize in my mind and say, well, I'm willing to change here, but I need to keep this part over here, how we've always done it, it's really not, the pro not what the program's calling for. We can't be stuck in yesterday. I can't be stuck in my past ways of thinking about things and my responses that I've always had because he wants me to go on. He's saying, yes, it's all good stuff, but come up higher. Come up higher. I'm, br I'm bringing you out of, you know, say this carefully, out of bondage, whatever it is. My, my past can be a bondage to me if, if, I'm, if I'm wanting to stay there and I'm not willing to step out when God tells me to step out and hear that voice that, he's, that challenges me to come up higher. I, f I feel like um, another example I want to look at here is, and I, don't know, I felt like God spoke this very strongly to me. You know, we, uh, I really appreciated the, the, the Brother John's word, I just mentioned that already, just the way God can speak to us. And um, he can speak to us in so many different ways. It's, it's incredible. I'm telling on myself a little bit, but I don't need an amen for this, but something seems like, <clears throat> at least I think, it's, um, kind of a headbanger from my youth. I grew up in the 80s and, you know, kind of the, the hair bands of arena rock, you know, it's kind of, kind of where it was at when I was growing up. Don't need any amens for that. But, but some, I've been, uh, been having trouble sleeping and uh, so occasionally I'm so crazy I drive home from work it's dark and in the truck and I'm trying to stay awake. It's just terrible. But, you know, a couple of times I've had to turn on some loud music to just get me through. And, you know, a line from a song came through that God just spoke to me in, in something that I needed. But, you know, God can speak anywhere. But I don't recommend making a, a steady diet of that stuff. You know, God can speak however he wants to. But just because he spoke, I don't want to go back and live on the stuff of yesterday. The stuff that I've known, the stuff that's familiar, the stuff that is not going to take me where I want to go. And this scripture that I will read now is um, kind of speaks to that. This is over in Luke 24. <clears throat> Jesus has died, been on the cross, been in the tomb. A lot of questions about, you know, his disciples. You know, why why'd you leave us now? Why'd you, why'd you leave us hanging here? You know, you're supposed to be with us until the end. So this is in, in chapter 24 of Luke. And it says, uh, Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this. Behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then, as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? And that line right there has just been haunting me for the last little while. And I want to present to you tonight say this carefully, but even this right here, the disciples could not live on the Jesus, on the Christ that they had followed around for the years of his ministry. Right. You know, as great as that was, 
as perfect as he walked, as, as in tune as he was with God, as much as they learned, all the, the wisdom, the miracles, the truth that they had encountered, they were going to go back and try to find that, try to resurrect that thing that they had, that they'd been familiar with, that had guided them, was their source of, of strength and comfort and security. Even that, I can't rely on what Christ had made his own sacrifice. He, 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 he ran his race. He was perfect in it. All the, the good stuff in this book that is truth, that's direction, that's life, that's a commandment, that's a blueprint for me even. But I can't go back and live on what happened there. I can't go back and seek the life that God has... I can't find that in what, in what Jesus did even. You know, it's, it's a landmark. It's, it's a pattern. He's the firstborn. We're supposed to be following after that. That same um, intimate relationship, that one-on-one -on -one hearing that's going to get me through. The thing that's going to get me on the journey. But I'm not going to find it by just <clears throat> on the, just the word. Unless God enlivens it to me and speaks to me about it, that's, that's when it's going to give me life and give me strength. So even them, why do you seek the living? Why are you trying to bring back? You know, you forgot. I told you I was going to die and I was going to be there and I was going to resurrect and go on. Now I'm calling you to do the same thing that I did and get that relationship with my father that you can hear for yourself. Come on. Don't be stuck in what I did. Yeah, sure. I, I ran my race. I was, I was the patterned son and all, but I, but I, can't, I can't live there. I have, to, I have to have my own relationship. My own my own working out of this salvation. Because if not, I'm just gonna get I'm just gonna get stuck. I keep saying that. We're gonna just get stuck in what we've always known. What's been familiar to us in the past. What's been my security in the past, but that's not that's not gonna do what he's wanting us to do. We've gotta we've gotta go on. We've gotta attain to the thing that he's calling us to do. And I you know there's there's so much that we that we face as people, and the you know the physical battle that we're facing right now, and you know wondering why God takes me through what He does and issues and whatever. But all of that is part of the voice and part of the, the working out of getting me familiar with the voice. You know, am I going to hear His voice? Well, it's like the conscience that was talked about. I can either decide to shun that conscience, just kind of try to turn it off, or I can cultivate that thing. God, what do you, what do you have for me in the middle of the situation I'm going in? Because that's, that's really the, the security we have now is, is, is going on and finding out what, what, the, what new thing he has for us to do, because we can't live in yesterday. You know, um, <clears throat> I think we're so, uh, you know, performance oriented sometimes, at least I can be. It's like, you know, if I keep my nose clean and comb my hair every now and then and tuck my shirt in, I'm, everything's going to be fine. But that stuff is not really, the outward is not going on, is not really the important thing. And I was, I just, I thought of this, I went over to the gym the other day and, you know, we've, we've kind of all seen um, 
for the last several months, the, the building's been up, it's got the siding on, the roof on, it's all been, you know, all closed in. But you can't really see what's going on on the inside. But I hadn't been there for a while, and you open up the door, and all of a sudden there's this bright light and sheetrock on the walls, and all this stuff, and insulation, and pulling wires, and all this stuff is happening inside, and you can't see on the outside. You know, when you look at it, you look on the outside, nothing's changed for months. It's been sitting there, just, you know, siding's on, rain stays out, it's warm on the inside. And that's, that could be how it is with me. You know, I can look really good on the outside, or I can look really bad on the outside, whatever it is. But it's what's going on on the inside, you know. Open up the door, go in there and find out what's going on. That's where the important work is being done. That's where I have to cultivate the time, you know, every, everybody can see the outside. It's, it's funny, somebody mentioned the other day too, you never, you never can really see yourself. And I've, I've heard that for years, but it's, it's really true when you think about it. I've never seen this starting to get ranked with the face. I've seen a reflection of it. You know, you, you look and you see, but even in reflection, everything's backwards. We, we don't see ourselves. I don't see how I come across. I don't see the good, the bad, whatever you guys see, you know, it's... I got a pretty, I got a pretty tainted view of that because it's, it's everything that, that I present to you has gone through the filter of what I'm, whatever, whatever I'm thinking. But, but we have to let the work get done on the inside, and we have to have grace for each other in the stuff that we go through because we don't know what's going on on the inside, you know. And what we have to do is have faith that each one of us is doing business with God on the inside, because that's where the important stuff is happening. That's what I want to leave with you tonight. We don't want to be those that are looking back at our history, at our past, the way God has met us in the past. Even the thing, the great revelation that God spoke to me two weeks ago is not going to get me through. It's only when, I'm, when I step out in faith and I'm willing to take first wing flap, jump off the ground and head out across the Pacific Ocean. You know, sometimes it's not that dramatic. Sometimes it can just be go talk to somebody, you know, whatever it is. But that's where I'm going to find the real life of God, is when I'm willing to step out hear what he says today and do. The bar-tailed God. Bar-tailed Godwit. 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 Yeah, look it up. It's pretty cool. They lived 20 years? Good. So that's, that's 40 trips. Well, it's probably 18. That's a lot of flat. I mean, there's other birds that do that. But like, uh, like uh, uh, the Arctic Turn, they kind of fly up along the coast. They can land if they want to. This is a non-stop, over-the-ocean flight for a bird that doesn't swim. Pretty, pretty Where's Isaac? Is Isaac here tonight? Yeah. Call your grandmother and ask her if she knows anything about that. Yeah, he's solid. He's solid. Um, just a, a couple of thoughts here. When I believe when the Lord looked at the rich young ruler, uh, he wasn't on uh, automatic. He saw him in the group, I'm sure. Um, many of us, even, with a limitation and understanding. We go in a room and we can see people who are, you know, 
they're, uh, they're in a, a different state. And so I think he read him clearly. I don't think that that's necessarily um, the hard line that everybody gets. I, I, and the other side of it is I've thought about this one a lot because I read it a long time ago and I'm kind of glad you brought it up for this reason. He was rich, he was young, he was a ruler. He kind of had it all. And um, to say to him, uh, sell it all. Now, by now, we should be saying to God, please, I don't want any adhesion, I don't want any stickum to this world because my love relationship, uh, you know, sets perilous because it's pretty clear, and I, I've said this. When the line in, in Timothy says, they loved pleasure more than God. And that kind of, that works all of us, right? And it, 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 when I saw that, I, you know, you, you, you can leapfrog over stuff, but the Holy Spirit doesn't let you get away. And I, I'm just, I just want to say this. He could have said, look, we're going to have some meetings. I live over here and talk to some of the brothers here. And then we can discuss some of these things. Um, but he was talking ultimates. And if you're going to be resurrected, and if I'm going to be resurrected, when, when God sees you or when he sees me, and he knows that that readiness is there, that I, I want clean, I'm offering every day, and I know I love him, I've been telling him I'm loving him, but I, but that that pleasure and that adhesion and the the stickum or whatever it is that's a diversion still hangs on at times. Would you say yes? We have to remember it's impossible without him. And so for the rich young ruler to say, "Okay, got it done." I, I got it. I believe that, it, that he might have definitely, I mean, I kind of think he was called. And I think he followed on. I think he went home and pondered. I think he'd had a gathering of things. He had reached a, a, a high level of understanding. But I think it's, I, I think that the ultimate factor is we have to come to that. We have to come to that because God is there to help us come to that. And that's why we have to leave so many things behind. And it's not uh, because when we change anything around here, they, they, uh, you don't fear God and I don't fear God if there's no change. You know, just don't. When I see that change, and when it comes, and I think this morning's word, uh, I think, I don't know how much uh, my sister had in that uh, uh, experience side that it was, oh my God, uh, thank
thank you because there has to be uh, intermittent stages when you know that only God brought you through. And that's, that's when you're kind of stuck. It, it's not in the information thing anymore. It's not up there. You're, and I, I love the application to the bird. You know, I wish I would have called David and Richard Godwitz. You know, the other bird's good. It's kind of a corporate bird that I used. But you have a destiny, and aren't you glad that it's secure if you keep moving and keep asking? I'm thankful for this line, aren't you? God. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Is it about the bird? Or what? Oh, well, I don't want to hear anymore. No. <laughs> When I was talking, you know, when they when they were looking for him, and he said, "Don't seek to live among the dead." It's the same chapter, a little while later, that he met up with them on the road. They didn't even recognize him. So much had changed from the time he was there to what he was revealing to them now. They were just they were mourning, and, and the fact that why can't things be the same? Why is it being taken from us? Why can't I go back there sure, and find sure, it? Sure. That when they're right here and now, they didn't recognize it. it took a while. And we can so much be in that same thing where it's like, it's not, it doesn't look the way it used to be. Where, you know, what's, but we miss the right now of what God has taken us to. He's wanting to talk to us and be right there with us. It's always a right now, God. Anyway, yeah. The, uh, the issue for us is this impossible task that only God can do. It's like somebody said during the convention, think on this, you don't, don't argue uh, with anybody over it, just hold it. If God gave you, I mean, because it was said, and it, it's really, I, I want some clarification maybe from the person, but for you to have unbroken fellowship I'm talking fellowship with the Father. You may, his presence is always there. But the fellowship is contingent on your commitment and the degree to which you are filing. I'm absolutely fully in this. I'm not going to be asking a lot of questions. Whatever the questions are, we're together. Because if you had unbroken fellowship, you would, uh, it wouldn't be a matter of faith. This is why I don't even believe the Lord Jesus had unbroken fellowship because he had to prove that, that he, he trusted the Father. And there were times, and I think, you know, I think when he went among the crowd of all the cripples, he, said, he, he probably said, Father, I don't know what to do here. Yeah, and he said, because he said that, he got a direction of where he should go. Lord, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for uh, the reality of Hebrews 6. That we've read it. We hopped over it. We didn't understand it. And you're giving us not only an understanding, but a, a capacity to leave these things behind and to go on. 
and we thank you for the life that is in, <laughs> in our hearts when we say, you're going to have to show me. I don't understand it. I can't make traction without you. Great God, how we love what you're doing and how you've given us the, the help to do this. For Jesus' sake, we ask it tonight. Amen.